together as we sing together. Who else would rocks cry out to
was awesome. Hey, y'all can have a seat. Hey, last Friday night, uh, one of my residents who's working with us in the global ministry hosted a FIFA tournament on PlayStation 5 at his apartment. I go walking in there, and the room is just filled with all these internationals from all over the world, and I learned a very important lesson that night, that if you're a competitive person or want to win, do not play an international in FIFA. I did. I'm kind of kidding. I did all right. Second game was pretty close. I only lost eight to zero. Um, But as we were playing, there was a student from another country who sat down next to me, and he began to talk about how there's actually somebody uh, from this congregation. Matter of fact, he's sitting right, right over here. John, my friend John is, is leading him through a study of the Bible. And he was so excited, and he was just telling me how much he was learning, and that his whole life, this was the first time to do a study in the Bible. And so I began to think about, like, man, how encouraging that is and how life-changing that could be. And so I wanted to present two questions to you is, do you know how to feed yourself in the Bible? Or the second one, do you know how to teach somebody how to feed themselves in the Bible? And if you can't answer yes to both of those, we have a class for you. Discover your Bible. It's a six-week workshop uh, that Garland and Hank Matthews are going to be teaching. And I just encourage you to do that. It might not be for yourself. It might be for somebody that you're going to lead through on how how to teach or how to learn from the Bible for themselves. So really encourage you. I think it's going to be a great class, and it's a workshop format. Uh, I think it'll be super, super helpful. Are you a parent that ever drops their kids off in Fayette Kids? Raise your hand if you are. All right, there you are. Have you ever wondered what they're taught in there? Do you know I had a leader come up to me this last week and say, man, what they're teaching them in Fayette Kids I didn't learn that stuff until I was 19 years old. Don't panic. (laughs) Don't panic. What they're talking about is God's heart for the nations. And they show the kids, uh, in part of the teaching, they show the kids this video, and I just wanted you to experience that. So we're gonna watch it really fast. Some of our global workers in Japan right now. Hey, Fay Kids, I'm Elise. And I'm Kyle, and we're global workers from Fellowship who moved from Fayetteville to work at a church in Tokyo, Japan. We miss Arkansas, but we love living here in Japan. Tokyo is a big city with lots of people living here, but most people living here in Tokyo have never heard who Jesus is and don't know him. Tokyo is the biggest city in the world and there are more people here who are not Christian than any other city in the world. And so that's why we moved here. We wanna help start new churches and help people in Japan know about Jesus and know how much God loves them. And sometimes that's really hard and it's not something that we can do on our own. So we spend a lot of time praying, and we pray to God that he would help people to know him and to choose to follow Jesus. We would love for you to join us in praying for the people here in Japan. Our God is really big and really good, and when you pray in Arkansas, it can make a difference in the lives of people here in Japan. Pray that more people would come to know who God is and choose to live for him. Pray that the churches in Japan would continue to grow and pray for us that we could be used here by God. Thanks so much for praying with us, and we can't wait to share more stories with you. Matane. Matane. Woo, isn't it awesome? Man. And I just love that our kids at a very young age are just learning about God's heart for the nations. Hey, and if you're one of those people out there who's like suddenly you're just starting to learn more about the nations and you're like, Pope, I love this idea. God's just global message getting out there, but I am not moving anywhere. We still have so many ways that you can play a role. And I just want to introduce you real fast to two things that are coming up. One, next week is that we are hosting at our Rogers campus uh, a little care conference. It's going to be a one-day event. It's $20 per person. That's just because they're providing food there. And what we want to do is we want to put together teams of people from the congregation to help care for our global workers. And it's hosted by Pioneer Bible Translators. They're the ones who are doing the Bible translation that this body has adopted. 
The second thing, the week after that, is uh, Northwest Arkansas actually hosts our own NWA for the Nation's Missions Conference. And so it is a great place to learn about God's heart for the nations and what is happening all over the world and how you can play a part in that. So I encourage you to pick one of those two things uh, and, and attend, and man, it'll really teach you about what God is doing in the world. Hey, let's pray. God, I thank you so much uh, just for this church body, this congregation. I thank you so much for what we're seeing, um, just even from the generosity of this body and, and seeing uh, your heart for the nations and, and people becoming committed and being sent uh, here to all over the world. We pray for the McCarthy's, dear Lord, and, and just hearing that the largest city in the world that has the fewest amount of believers in it. And God, we pray that through that work, uh, through their work, that will begin to change. God, may we turn our focus just completely on you. May we experience you uh, and your presence in a powerful way this morning. In your name, amen. Together, church, can we stand and sing? Sing for my waking breath. For my waking breath. For my daily. I depend. I depend on you. I depend on you. For the sun.
Spanish Bible says Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Por esta causa doblo mis rodillas ante el Padre nuestro Señor Jesucristo, de quien toma nombre toda familia en los cielos y en la tierra, para que os dé conforme a las riquezas de su gloria, el ser fortalecidos con poder en el nombre interior por el Espíritu, para que habite Cristo en toda la fe de vuestros corazones, a fin de que arraigados y cimentados en amor, seáis plenamente capaces de comprender con todos los santos cuál es la anchura, la profundidad y la altura y de conocer el amor de Cristo. En exade a todo eh, conocimiento para que seáis llenos de toda la plenitud de Dios. Thank you Esperanza for reading that for us. I wanted to introduce y'all. This is Esperanza Laura. I wish y'all were up here so you could see uh, the intricate stitching. That's so beautiful. Esperanza, along with Angel Ruiz, keep this place clean. They keep it looking good. They, they set all these rooms for all these activities we have, not just on Sunday, but throughout the week. Thank you for being a partner in ministry. Let's appreciate her and her team. Y'all can have a seat. Well, if you're wondering why, week after week, we continue to read the scripture in all these different languages. It's because we want to remind ourselves, we want to remind ourselves as a body that the main theme of Ephesians is unity. Unity of all things, including racial reconciliation under Christ. I love what the commentator John Stott said about this. Here's what John said. John, Dr. Stott said, it would be hard to exaggerate the grandeur of this vision. The new society God has brought into being is nothing short of a new creation, a new human race whose characteristic is no longer alienation, but reconciliation, no longer division and hostility, but unity and peace. And so we've seen this theme of unity week after week so far as we as a church have studied this incredible 
letter to the Ephesians. We saw it right off the bat as Clark taught us the introduction to the letter in week one, where Paul says, God purposed in Christ to bring unity to all things in the heaven and on earth in Christ. All things, things in heaven, earthly things, people, races, God wants to unite all that under Christ. And so we saw as we pressed on in week two of our study that Paul said, for this reason, because of this gospel message, because of this unification that God is bringing through Christ, he says, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul says, because of this gospel message, I wanna pray for you. Garland walked us through that passage. That was back on September the 11th. If you missed it, I wanna encourage you, go back and listen to that podcast. Because as Garland unpacked it, he showed us that Paul prays that they would know the hope that Christ calls us to, that they would know the power that's available to us through prayer. And I bring that up because he's gonna hit on some of those same themes today. And so we continue to read in Ephesians, and we saw Paul talk about grace, grace that brings salvation, and how by this grace, both Jews and Gentiles are saved. And so as we read on in chapter three, verse one, we, Paul, we saw Paul say again, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of the Gentiles, that was the beginning of last week's teaching. Clark unpacked that passage for us. But what I want us to note this morning is that hyphen, that dash. It's there in virtually every modern English translation. It indicates a break in thought. And so we saw Paul the first time he said, for this reason, he went on and prayed. Then here in chapter three, he says, for this reason, he's preparing to pray. But it's like he says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for the sake of you Gentiles. And then he goes, Wait, now, you, you know about my ministry to the Gentiles, right? You know how God's revealed to me that Jews and Gentiles have now been made one in Christ. And he goes on about that for 13 verses. That was last week's teaching. And so this morning, it's as if he picks back up his train of thought. Look at verse 14. He says again, for this reason. But this time he says, I kneel before the Father. And what follows is an incredible and beautiful prayer that we're gonna spend our time looking at together this morning. So go ahead and turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter three. We're gonna begin in verse 14. If you've got your Ephesians study guide, I wanna encourage you to open it up to the text there as we look at this passage together. My name's Michael Smith. I get to serve on the community team here at Fellowship Fayetteville, and I wanted to let you know that this morning's service is gonna feel a little different. It's not gonna have the flow that you're probably accustomed to if you worship with us often. And if you're a guest or maybe you're joining us online, I wanna say welcome, glad you're here. What we're gonna do this morning is not what we do every week. Because this is a prayer, Isaiah and I, as we planned and, and prayed about this service, we wanted you to have an experience together. And so the flow of the service is gonna be a little different. This is going to mess up those of you who like to slip out early and beat the traffic. You're not gonna know when to leave. And so I just wanna encourage you all, as we study, as we sing, as we pray, just be in the moment with us and give the Lord some space to work in your own heart together this morning. So let's look at it. Ephesians chapter three, we're gonna begin reading in verse 14. Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul's going to the Lord here and, and he's kneeling, which isn't unusual to us, but it was unusual in his day. The normal posture for prayer in the first century, especially among Jews, was standing. Kneeling was reserved for really intense times of prayer. And that's what I picture Paul doing here. Can't you picture him? In his jail cell, 
thinking about the Ephesian church and, and just going to his knees in prayer as his, his helper, his admin, is writing down the words of this prayer. And he addresses the prayer to the Father, and notice that he says, God is everyone's Father. Every family gets their name from God. Today, there are about 30 million surnames or family names, 30 million different family names on the earth. And my last name is Smith. Yeah, by far the most common in the U.S. Go Smiths. We rank 100, where is it? We rank 130th in the world. You know what's number one? Wang. There's 107 million people with the last name Wang, and there's only four and a half million Smiths. And Paul's point here is that whether your last name is Wang or Smith or Rodriguez or Patel, we're made in his image. God is your father. And so Paul's prayer is that out of his glorious riches, God who owns everything and can bless us with anything will bless us by strengthening us with power. Remember the prayer in chapter one from September 11th? Power that comes through the spirit. The spirit who strengthens us in our inner being. Paul's prayer is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience Christ dwelling in us. Paul prays to the Father that through the Spirit, we can experience Christ. Did you catch it? It's the Trinity. I wanna encourage you, if you've got your Ephesians study guide, I know it's laid out a little different in there than on the slide, but draw that triangle. Every time I see the Trinity in one spot in my Bible, I either do that or I draw a little triangle off to the side in the margin because it reminds me, this is God at work. God the Father reigning and ruling in heaven, Jesus at his right hand interceding on our behalf, the Holy Spirit at work here on the earth and dwelling in each of us. This is what Paul's picturing in this prayer. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit strengthening, strengthening us in our innermost being through faith. And so as we continue to worship through song, I'm gonna pray that he will do just that, that the Holy Spirit will work in our hearts this morning so that we can experience Christ in a fresh and powerful way. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for the words of this passage. Lord, thank you that we all derive our name from you. And so, Lord, I pray along with Paul that out of your glorious riches, you would strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ might dwell in our hearts through faith. And so, Lord, as we turn to you in song, I pray that we will engage with our heart. Lord, that we won't sing empty words. Help us worship you in spirit and in truth. Church, this morning as we turn to worship, and we're gonna sing a new song that our worship team wrote together out of this Ephesians idea, this idea of, the church united, boundaries broken between people that no matter the standpoint that you come from, no matter the background that you have, the cross is enough for us to be united as a people. Uh, so this morning, these will be fresh words, but man, I encourage as we sing this chorus um, that simply says, this is the kingdom that won't be shaken. Man, I pray that we believe those things to be true, that this church would be united in this place this morning. So let's stand together as we turn to sing.
morning church we turn now this morning to confess um, the ways that we've fallen short and um, the ways that we haven't loved as we should love and the ways that we've invited sin into our lives let's say this together Heavenly Father have mercy on us we have not loved you as you deserve we have not loved our neighbor as ourselves we have not obeyed you as we should Lord, forgive us our sin. We are in need of a Savior. But we know we have hope this morning because of Jesus. Church, believe the good news. Jesus died for us. Jesus rose for us. Jesus intercedes for us. In him, we are a new creation. In him, we have forgiveness of sin. In him, we have a Savior. To God be the glory forever and ever. Father, we know that your wounds have paid our ransom this morning. 
that because of your cross, your death and resurrection, you invite us into newness, new life, that we're new creations because of that sacrifice. So Lord, even as we turn again to hear from your word, let our hearts worship and praise you even as we listen to it, knowing that we're redeemed people, restored people because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Y'all can have a seat. Why should I gain from his reward? I, I can't give an answer. How deep is the Father's love? I can't answer. That song calls us to, to think about things beyond our comprehension. You ever do that? You ever, you ever think about things, ponder things that don't really have an answer? For instance, why if we put something on the road to move it, we call it shipping it, but if we put it on a ship, we call it cargo. I can't answer that question. How about this one? If you're traveling at light speed, what happens when you turn on your headlights? I don't know, I can't answer that. Here's, here's a more serious one. This stage, it's solid. The seat you're sitting on, it's solid. The foundation this building's on, it's solid. And yet, that solid substance is made of atoms, and atoms are mostly empty space. How does that work? I don't know. Can't wrap my brain around it. How about this? They say the universe is expanding. Into what? I don't know. Can't wrap my brain around that. That's what Paul is gonna call us to do in this next section of scripture. He's gonna ask us to ponder the imponderable. He's gonna ask us to know something that's beyond knowledge. He's gonna suggest that we measure something that's infinite. So let's pick it up right where we left off. We're in the middle of verse 17 of Ephesians 3. Paul says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Notice where he starts. He starts with those words, rooted and established in love. As you might have guessed, that word love there is the Greek word agape, the love of God. Paul prays that these Ephesian believers will sink their roots into God's love, that they're foundation will be God's love. You might have noticed that there's an icon for each week of this study, both on the slides and in your book, something that our graphics team has chosen to represent that week's passage. And this week, it's the roots of a plant. The roots of a plant give it stability. They give it nourishment. They give it resilience. We've probably all had the experience of grabbing a weed and it instantly comes out of the ground because it has almost no roots. But we've also probably also had the experience of grabbing a weed and giving it a good yank and that thing feels like it's anchored to the earth's core because it has roots. If you've ever dealt with a tree stump, if you've ever tried to dig around a tree that has an extensive root system, you know those things are tough. Paul says, my prayer is that you sink your roots into this incredible love of Christ you anchor in it, you build your life on it, you be nourished by it so that you can have, here it is again, power. You can have power, he says. In chapter one, we learned that power was available through prayer. Now we learn it's through prayer and built on love. This power is available to us when we sink our roots into the love of God, look at it, Together, together. This is not a solo experience. This is not something that happens exclusively between us and God. Now, that's where it starts for sure. It starts with us personally realizing that we need the forgiveness and grace that God offers us in Jesus Christ. But what Paul is talking about here is a strength that comes when we realize we're all in this thing together. When we're in community, when we're praying together, worshiping together, serving together, 
and remember the context of the letter. This means all of the Lord's people. For the Ephesians, it meant Jew and Gentile. For us, it means men and women. Black, white, brown, old, young, rich, poor, everyone. All united under Jesus Christ. And Paul says, I'm praying that all of y'all together, a literal translation would be that all of y'all together are strong enough to grasp, here's the imponderable, how high, how long, how wide, how deep is not his power, not his glory, not his majesty, but his love. Grasp the enormity of his love. Now, I feel a little nervous about this section because it's my wife's favorite passage in the whole Bible. Our founding pastor, Robert Cup, would often say to me, don't mess this up. You can quote me on that. I'm quoting him on it. I don't wanna mess this up. Paul's talking about God's agape love, the love of God in Christ. He wants us to really try to get our head around it. So write in your margin or in your study guide, 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this passage. Love is patient, love is kind. Paul goes on to do an incredible job describing agape love in that passage. And in 1 Corinthians 13, as well as here in Ephesians 3, he's using somewhat poetic language as he prays that the Ephesians, and by extension, all believers, will be able to grasp just how wide, how long, and how high, how deep the love is. It has to be poetic because you can't take out a measuring instrument and measure that. You can't grab your tape measure and see how wide love is. You can't use your laser or your scale to quantify love. So I'm gonna be honest with you. At this point in the passage, some commentators get a little squirrely. Some of them get a little too allegorical. And so I want us to take this middle road. I don't wanna minimize this, but I also don't wanna make it say something it's not really saying. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna lean on Dr. Kent Hughes. He wrote one of the commentaries that I'm using in studying Ephesians, and I love how he handled this passage, and I've adjusted this a little bit, but I wanna give him credit. You can jot down these references as we go. How wide is the love of Christ? Wide enough to embrace the whole world. John 3, 16, the most familiar verse in the Bible, God loved the whole world so much. He sent his only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. When the Bible says everyone, it means everyone again and again. The invitation to faith in Christ is offered in scripture. How wide is the love of Christ? How about wide enough to encompass every person who's ever lived and every person who ever will live because all receive the invitation to come and drink from the living water? So how long is the love of Christ? Well, it's long enough to last forever. The passage cited Lamentations 3.22, it says the steadfast love of God never ceases. It's translating that Hebrew word, hesed. It's God's covenant-keeping love. It's God's love that compels him to love us even when we don't deserve it. It's the Old Testament idea of grace. I mentioned ago 1 Corinthians 13 and verse eight. There Paul writes, love never fails. What he means is it never runs out. It never falters. It never ends. So how long is God's love? It's eternally long. So how high is the love of Christ? Well, it's high enough to reach all the way into heaven. In John 14, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. In the Old Testament, Jacob had a vision of a ladder that extended from the earth into heaven. Then in the book of John, Jesus says, I am that ladder. I'm the connection between heaven and earth. 
I'm the way to be in heaven where God and his angels are. Our only hope to access that place is through the grace and love of Jesus Christ. So how high is his love? It's high enough to stretch from Fayetteville, Arkansas to the gates of heaven. How deep is his love? Well, it's deep enough to reach down to us. I would say it's deep enough to reach down to me. Philippians 2.8 says that Jesus became a man and humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Think about that for a second. Jesus was in heaven, in eternity past, in perfect community with his Father and the Holy Spirit. But this passage in Philippians tells us rather than holding tightly to his right to be there in heaven with the Father and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, while remaining fully God, added a human body. He was born as a baby. He became fully man. He lived on the earth where he suffered pain and thirst and hunger and betrayal and ultimately death. How deep is the love of Christ? Deep enough to reach all the way down to the earth, deep enough to take him to the cross where he bore our sin. And so Paul's prayer is that together we might grasp how amazing the love of Christ is because Paul knows if we can get our head and our heart around that, it'll fix a lot of our problems. If we can grasp the love of Christ, we won't wonder about our value. We won't search around for our identity. If we can grasp the love of Christ fully, we won't chase after the wrong things. We won't allow ourselves to be satisfied with less than God's best. Because if we know, and I mean really know, the love of Christ, it'll change everything. But typical Paul He's not done. He has one more imponderable for us. It's in verse 19. He says, and to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with the fullness of God. Did you catch it? To know something that's beyond knowing. It's another head scratcher. But this one we kind of get, don't we? My oldest son asked me one time, how do you know when you found the right person to marry? And I said, you just know. And he said, I think I know. It's the knowing that's beyond knowledge. I posed this in our community group this week as we processed this passage. I said, what's something that you had to experience to really know it? And they immediately said, parenting. I thought I knew what parenting was until I had to parent a child. It's a knowledge that's beyond knowing. You have to experience it. And I think that's what Paul's getting at. So he says, my prayer is that y'all will be strong in this faith and you'll all be in this together in such a way that, look at it, you'll be filled up, filled to the measuring line, filled to the rim with all the fullness of God. Now, that's another one. We might pause and say, how can I be filled with all the fullness of an infinite God? I'm a finite being. I think it's a little bit like taking a bucket to the ocean. Scoop it up. The bucket is as full as it can be of the ocean, the limitless, vast ocean. That's what Paul wants for us. And so let's modify our statement about Paul's prayer. Paul's prayer is that together we might grasp how amazing the love of Christ is so that we might be filled up by it. That's what can change us. It's the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at work. It's the people of God collectively together turning our hearts toward him in prayer and worship. It's the Holy Spirit working in our inner being to let us see, to let us know, to let us experience the love of Christ. It's the fullness of God filling us up so that it's no longer about me. It's about Christ in me. What gift of grace is Jesus my 
doxology. That word doxology, doxa means glory. Logos means word. So it's a word of glory. In fact, you've, you've probably 
seen this passage used to close out worship services before. It's Paul's response in praise to God for what's come before. Paul says now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And so Paul's answering the question, can God do the things that he's just prayed for? By God's power, can we have the strength altogether to grasp the enormity, the amazing God's love for us? Can we actually, by the power of his Holy Spirit, be filled with all the fullness of God? The answer is yes, emphatically yes. Actually, it's more than yes. God can do all that and more. Not just more, immeasurably more. Literally, it's super abundant more. So take your best case scenario. Take the best you can imagine God doing. Now double it. Now add a zero. Now multiply that by a thousand. It's so much bigger than what we can even imagine. And he accomplishes it through his power. The Greek word is dynamite. It's the word we get dynamite from. It means power in potential, ready to be unleashed to do work from generation to generation right down to us Today And so I want you to think about this with me. The power that reveals God's love to us is the same power, imagine it, that created the ever-expanding universe. However much you can imagine, that's how big and powerful God is. He created nebulas and, and black holes. But he also created everything we see around us. He created the earth and everything that fills it. He's sovereign over all of creation, over the seasons, over the weather. And this God who's so great and so powerful reaches all the way down because the depth of his love reaches us, Fellowship Fayetteville. And if we can wrap our head and our heart around that, oh, he could do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine. And so our only response to understanding that is the same as Paul's response, a word of glory, Isaiah, a doxology. Church family, can we sing this together if we can praise God? Praise God from whom blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures Praise Him above me, and praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Sing, Amen. And we praise you this morning. A God that is the God of the cosmos, but also the God of our hearts. So Lord, we're grateful for this time together to gather as a community under your cross, united by it and living in light of its truth. So Lord, even as we leave this place this morning, our prayer is that we would take your goodness and your grace out to the world around us, just like you created us to be. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, fellowship family, thanks so much for being here this morning.
If you need prayer, you can join us in the prayer room. It's to my left, you guys' is right. Have a good rest of the week.